We need a catchphrase. Okay. Uh, are you that, so you're gonna get one finally? That's that's literally all I'm gonna say this time. Is okay. Oh, right, really? Good okay, luck. sure. All right. I, I guess I'll introduce us then. Uh, no, you're not gonna say anything to my disappointment. Well, no. I'm glad you finally agree with me that we're gonna finally get that catchphrase. So we'll okay. hope we have it by the end. Of the did episode. you did you get my email about this? Yeah, I got your email about this. I I, I started creating powerpoints. Is over oh, you did. Slides. Yeah, it's over 200 slides right now. You should share that with me on Google Drive. Okay, I'll do that uh, after the show. We don't need uh, unfortunately PowerPoints don't work great with podcasts. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, we are dumb comic book creators. My yes, name, we are. yes, yes, we are. My name is Eric Schwartz, and I'm always with yourself. And well, on the show, I'm Keegan Shiner. Mm-hmm. And today we have special guest Brian Judge. Uh, who himself is a comic book creator. Hey, hi, and howdy. So how's it going, Brian? Uh, doing well, having a, having a pretty good day so far. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, mostly release your comics. You're an indie artist. Uh, you oh, yeah. release your comics on Instagram. Do you do prints as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything, or most of what I make, uh, I just like to make comics. And as you just said, I post a lot of them online. Uh, of course, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you know, I, I used to go to conventions and sell books. Um, but uh, a lot of what I do, I, I print, um, and I always make sure that whatever I print, that it's, uh, there's something kind of like a, uh, that makes it better than what kind of what you see online. So it's sort of like, uh, whatever you see online on my Instagram, like that's just, you know, for free. But if you buy a book, it's like, hey, maybe it'll be in color. Maybe it'll have like a, a special, like extra stories to it. So I always like to kind of have that, um, that kind of like, you know, re- rewarding people pretty much for, for buying my stuff. And for being a fan too, if they, if they see yeah. you with your books and oh, well, yeah. I can get this online. Yeah. Shout out to the, to like the three fans that I have who <laughs> keep buying everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so how did you get into uh, being a comic book artist? Uh, I took a one class in high school where uh, it was a, sequential art was the official name for it but really it was just it was comic book art and i was incredibly lucky uh there's there's this guy chris kempel uh he has a series called red vengeance and the coolest guy in the world uh and and he just teaches this class in in uh, in high school um it's just pretty much how to draw comics and i met some of my best friends through that and uh i just always kind of stuck through it so was he a high school teacher of yours or just like a guest lecturer Oh, he was, he was a teacher. He, he taught uh, two semesters of that class. Um, oh. So yeah, me, me and my two best friends, uh, two of my closest friends, uh, uh, we all just kind of met in that area and we all just can kind of continue to do comics. Uh, it's funny. He does, um, uh, Chris Kempel, he does Heroes Con every year. So that was kind of like a, a thing that we would do. We would go to uh, Heroes Con, which is a really big convention in North Carolina. Uh, and we just always see him. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's our, that's our uh, high school professor and uh, our high school teacher. Uh, great oh, guy. Cool. <laughs> uh, you, three of your comics that I know of, at least, are Sex and Violence, Crime Pillar, and Lonely Earth. Yeah, I think those are the PDFs that I sent over to both of you. And th- those are kind of three of my, the works that I'm more kind of proud of compared to everything else. All three have, um, just in general, like, have different storylines. It's not like, there's not so much a common theme. Is that, like, just something you like to explore, like, different avenues, or... Do you? I, like to, I like to think that every book that I do, I'm testing myself in one way or another. Uh, I guess for the audience uh, who's listening to this, um, the three books that you mentioned, Crime Killer is an over-the-top parody, uh, uh, while also kind of like this cathartic release that I had to mainstream comic books, uh, specifically with superhero genre. Personally speaking, I felt like the, the time that I was writing it, that superhero comics were getting a little bit too stagnant, uh, and that there wasn't kind of like anything new coming out of it. And I just wanted to sit down and write a character. Uh, so I made up this guy, Crime Killer, um, where, where he has a giant Hulk hand that he beats up crime with and just make it like the most outrageous, violent thing. Honestly, I didn't make it to look good. I didn't make it to like uh, be like well-written. I just wanted to make something. And um, it, it was kind of like one of the first things that I had people that I showed it to who said, hey, I like this. Uh, and that really encouraged me to kind of press on with uh, Crime Killer. So um that's kind of the story with that. I, I, had, I had like stories like that for a lot of my books. Um, 
uh, sex and violence, uh, uh, for example, uh, I'm, I'm getting to this idea of doing collage work out of comics um, and making new stories out of existing books. I'm really interested in just making things and kind of pushing myself. Uh, so that that's what I kind of say. Uh, every book that I do, I like to do something new and different. I, well, this, I have, this is a collage, right? Of, oh, of yeah, other, yeah. Of other people's work or, or did you draw this? Oh, no, this is, I, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to copy some of these people and not bad enough to copy other people. There's some, <laughs> there's some, there's some real just bad artwork in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a, this is a collage. Um, like I was saying earlier, uh, I'm kind of interested in, in this idea of structuring new stories out of existing work. Uh, so I went to a local comic book shop. I bought like 12 books and I started cutting them up. Um, and then just kind of experimenting with this format, uh, telling stories because, you know, like, why can't you do that with the comics? Um, you yeah. Know, just, like putting new panels together. And the, the main theme with the comics that I found was uh, they all had uh, lots of lots of uh, guts, lots of action and uh, lots of lots of ladies. So that's kind of what I wanted to hone in on with this. I found that in, I, I've done something similar um, for an artist book. Are you a... Uh... Hmm? Yeah, yeah. You, you know about artist books. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. so this reminded me a lot of a zine too. Did, did you print this sort of as a zine? Yeah, I, it was first just printed on printer paper. Um, okay. This is, yeah, one, one of the more successful things that I've done. So I've only recently been able to like actually print it. Um, I, I'm like only recently get into zine culture, like maybe within the last two years. But uh, I, I dig the, the whole zine side, the, the whole zine scene. And it's definitely like where some of my new inspirations are kind of coming from with how I put together books. Yeah, the way that you structured this was very, it reminded me of a poem, basically, you know? Yeah, it's actually yeah. the same thing too. Uh, there's that one poem technique where you can take a page like of any book and you just take away words so you should have a poem. And that's kind of got, that's where I kind of saw it. Yeah, a, a thing with this, um, I only just kind of remembered this, just looking at this, um, but definitely exactly what you're talking about with poetry if you ever read a comic, there's always like certain lines where they have this like false poetic quality, like like something that sounds like it, it should be really important, but really it doesn't. Uh, the thing you, you brought up on screen, it's like this line, uh, and the heroine, the heroine becomes the huntress once again. That doesn't really like actually mean anything, you know, like it's just sort of nonsense, but it has this like poetic value to it. Uh, right. That, I, that right. I love. Um, I, I love that about comics. I love that there's this the, like, there's so much to it, um, and I, yeah. <laughs> it they, seems it seems so deep at the time, you know, when you. But, but it's like it's nonsense, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It could be like wrestlers, like doing like their like big, you know, like speech, like oh, the heroine has become the huntress. Ah, and you. <laughs> Definitely, but yeah, I think I think that has value. That has worth. Um, it's it's sort of like this is what always kind of irritated me uh, with comics a little bit is that like um, what you consider serious, it has to be like filtered through a certain lens like you will never be able to have a serious conversation about scrooge mcduck despite the fact that scrooge mcduck has some of the greatest like comics ever made about him like it, it's it's like too ridiculous of a subject matter um, yeah that's something that like also i kind of think about with my work as that kind of idea of, of taking silly things seriously yeah i mean and i i grew up in a household with a large pool of money so mm -hmm. I always found that to be very relatable, but I could understand how the commoner would not quite understand Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. <laughs> I too also, you know, iron my money every day, just make uh -huh. sure it's correct. Uh, I don't want to give anybody trouble that money. I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a uh, little duck nephews um, <laughs> personally. So yeah, yeah so obviously it's pretty a much that comic is about my life, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I wanted to ask, do you use a lot of improvisation when you're writing? Or definitely uh, for this collage? Yeah, um, well, because of the collage idea, it's a more recent format. I'm still trying to figure out what uh, my kind of process is whenever I go through that. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned dialogue, because dialogue and improvisation, that's a, that's a key thing to my work. Um, I mean, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see that, like, I post, like, a lot of comics within days of each other. I just, I draw something, and then I I figure out the story in my head first. Uh, I don't have any of the dialogue, so I'll just, like, draw six panels, and I can tell you the conversation, like, the flow of the conversation, but I can't tell you every word. 
I'm improvisate. I, I improvise everything pretty much on the on the fly. So I, I don't plan in advance, and that's one of my biggest problems. But uh, I'm getting Do you better. edit afterwards? Uh, yes and no. Um, for uh, for a lot of my comics, um, I make it easy on myself where I don't have to edit. I can just upload directly. But with stuff like Lonely Earth, um, I've really been taking my time with that. Uh, I, a lot of time with editing every piece of dialogue, uh, every single uh, frame. Lonely Earth is an example of me getting better at editing, I'd say. Because if you compare that, yeah, to what's of, like on Instagram, yeah. Of all the stories, Lonely Earth is like the most conventional comic in that it has like a storyline that you're following through. Um, it's kind of left in a cliffhanger where like, you could, it's not the end, it seems like it's going forward for those that are so that I can spoil everything for our listening audience. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, everything's online for free anyway. Um, okay, so Lonely Earth, as far as I can tell, is um, a person comes and is trying to find signs of life on Earth, kind of like, you know, Wally, but a human being doing it, mm-hmm. and actually just trying to see if there's any life whatsoever. And it ends in such a way that he's hoping to find more life. There's a possibility of finding more life. And so do you plan on continuing this? Is my, I guess, my long-winded question. Uh, I wrote that in a period... I mean, I, I wrote all of Lonely Earth pretty recently um, when it just sort of felt like just bleakness out in the world. Uh, when, it, like, all the news that we're hearing was just nothing but, like, horrible, horrible events after events. And this was sort of... Um, a little bit of like a personal thing with me trying to like the the character the arc that he goes on it's about him i'd say rediscovering his hope for the world and kind of continuing that so i think i'd only really continue the story if another event kind of came by that motivated me to kind of continue this character's arc um i mean that's that's sort of the attitude i have with a lot of my work um so yeah, I think I, I don't really know if I actually plan on really continuing this character. Uh, personally speaking, I'm satisfied with where it ends, but hey, I mean, if you if you want to see more, that also matters to me. And I want to I satisfy every potential customer. I mean, fan base, yeah. I want him to find <laughs> a companion. That was, yeah. you know, the, yeah. that was the cliffhanger. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, you said it was a lonely earth. I guess it ends up being a lonely earth. Uh-huh. So it, I'm not, not going to lie to you. When I first read this comic, I thought it should be a Lonely Island parody. <laughs> um, and I was severely disappointed. It's like, oh, Lonely Earth. I bet it's going to be on a boat or like an airplane. And like, oh, it's actually a Lonely Earth. You yeah, you might, you might as well just throw the book in the trash, you know. <laughs> Kick me off your podcast while you can. Yeah. No, uh, can we go through this this comic a little bit? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk about the art. What, what inspired you... Um, especially with this four panel, you know, set up for this comic. <laughs> Laziness. Um, okay. The thing, the thing that I figured out from doing comics on Instagram for about as long as I've been doing them is that it's really easy to post things if they're in a nice square format. And that's what I've been doing for a lot of my more recent books. So when it comes to this, again, this was a, a cathartic release for myself. This was me. Uh, extrapolating like how I feel about the world and trying to put out kind of a message of saying the world it it might not be a great place but it it can be a great place if we kind of work for it at least that's the attitude I want to believe in um so when it came to the art style I've been working a lot with inkbrush because it has that really kind of like great uh uh shade and what's what's inkbrush is that oh um I'm, I'm oh, sorry, like a I'm literal ink brush. <laughs> Well, uh, I've, I've been doing this thing where I, I take an ink brush and I dilute it with ink wash, that's the term, um, where I, I, I intentionally okay. d- dilute uh, an ink brush with water so that way it'll make shades of gray. Uh, so if you, if you see in some of the panels, um, they can go from like black to gray. That's all completely just me using different brushes uh, over themselves. And, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And and so this grunginess is that kind of meant to sort of show the post-apocalyptic landscape? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's completely supposed to be it's just this like kind of there there is like a beauty to 
the the age to it i think or at least like that the impression uh that it gives that texture uh which i thought was important yeah yeah it's abstract you know like it's sort of like an abstract painting mm -hmm. uh these backgrounds and and settings um okay and you've only used one i'm moving on the colors you've mm -hmm. only used one color really um can you talk about the intention behind that yeah, uh, going back to again the character um, on on a, on a dead earth, it's it's gray. It's this like kind of weird uh, shades of white, a little bit of blue, uh, but gray. This really you know kind of oppressive, bleak view. Uh, so it made sense for me to make the character in it for the color release, uh, just this bright, vibrant yellow, also almost as if he shouldn't be in this world. That he's sort of like this otherworldly kind of figure um and also helps him stand out to uh, from his background a lot so yeah yeah reminds me of mad max um, yeah 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 i i kind of saw it as sin city almost where like majority's gray or black and white unless they want to like sh like pointly show something like this important so yeah i just i i love that use of uh a color in you know just having something be heavily silhouetted but have just like one splash of color like i it just it's beautiful to me Okay, let's, that's great. Um, and I think there's green at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that was refreshing, actually, this page where you have more colors and, and like, like an actual background and the text isn't cutting off the picture, mm -hmm. which is very aggressive, <laughs> the lettering, you know, mm -hmm. um, when you do that. So so that was, because uh, when, when the text is cutting it off, it's very like, it's, in inhibiting what's going on in the, the actual scene, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, uh, did you hand letter or are these digital, digital uh, for, fonts? For the uh, Instagram comic, um, it's all hand lettered. And I kind of looked back at what I was doing for that and realized, man, I'm not really that good at hand lettering. So uh, <laughs> for, for the digital release, um, I went in and uh, yeah, it's, it's a digital typeface. I forget what the exact, I, mean, I can find out like right now, I have Photoshop open my computer. Uh, the typeface is back issues BB. Um, and I, Blam, I love it. That's so. Blambot, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's my favorite typeface to use whenever I'm, um, you know, uh, using a typeface for my comics. Yeah, so if uh, you're listening and you don't know what that is, Blambot is a font uh, date font shop. You can go on there and buy comic fonts, and some of them are free for indie artists. Um, so, um, you mentioned that you do your comics on Instagram. Uh, any reason why you chose Instagram of all things to do your comics, or just it's a good place as any? Uh, it's, it's because that's what my friends told me to use. Um, I, I, again, I have some friends who are also artists and they, they recommended that I get on more social media. Um, and really, I just found the fact that Instagram, what really kind of attracts me to Instagram is the fact that you can post up to 10 images. So, you know, for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, you know, here's like a bike ride I went on. Here's like three pictures of like where I rode to. I kind of see that as potential. Um, I'm, I'm really fixated on like media and mediums and, and the best way to tell a story and unique ways to tell a story. Uh, so when I first saw that um, I could, you know, do 10 images, I didn't think, Hey, I can post up to 10 images. I saw, Hey, I can tell a, a 10 panel story. Um, right. So that, yeah, that, that's why I use Instagram. That's cool. That's cool. Sure. I wanted to ask also, do you uh, scan these? Then? Yeah. From, like, I, okay. <laughs> Everything I do, again, this is just because I'm lazy. It's not for like any reason. Uh, I, I do it all physical media. I, I don't really do digital. I, I edit digital, but that's about okay. it. Okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, what kind of what kind of scanner do you have? Uh, I used to, back when I was in, in school, I recently graduated. Um, okay. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, more congratulations from you guys in the school. They haven't even sent me my <laughs> diploma yet, so that's fun. Um, Typical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, who needs a diploma? Yeah, it's not like I went to school for four years and worked my ass off. But hey, uh, you know, it, it's all good. They're, already, <laughs> they're gonna tell you, "quote I already got your money. We don't care anymore." Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You're, listen, man, I'm I'm so lucky. The the school that I went to, um, great art program. Not 
not a great school. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff. Um, but hey, the art program is cool. That's all that matters. Yeah, um, and you learned something. Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot. I man, that um, it, it's funny. Uh, you, you go to school for graphic design. I, I'm a. That's what I had my BFA, and uh, hopefully, I'm gonna have a job in graphic design uh, too. But uh, I, I do comics for fun. But like. I, I take like metalworking classes and like uh, letterpress and all this crazy stuff that I'm like never going to learn or, or use in my life ever again. But hey, I know how to do that. So that's pretty cool. I'm sure. actually just waiting for you to do a uh, metalworking comic. So when we see that, oh, I'll man, be I'm, really impressed. You might I'm end just, up doing I'm just that. You never, yeah, you never know. You might end up using that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have all the tools. It's You're just, already uh, using collage quite a bit and that could just be the next evolution. Yeah, no, I I want to I want to try experimenting with stuff like that, like getting really multi multimedia. Uh, the, the problem with metal though is that like, well, first of all, it's <laughs> expensive, so already yeah. I'm never gonna do it. But um, <laughs> it's it's just you know you need like a lot of materials and a lot of stuff to work with. So also hard to mass produce to sell comics of metal. You can't really like here's your yeah. comic of my metal comics. Here's yours. You mm -hmm. The only way I can do that is I have to sell for like like fifty bucks each. Yeah. <laughs> apply for a grant. Yeah. <laughs> What, or when you get into uh, the biennial mm -hmm. at, uh, in Italy, then you can um, put on your giant metal comic wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to do that just to like have one of those. Um, just like have, <laughs> I've been thinking about like taking some of the comics that I have, the original artwork and making books out of them for like Lonely Earth and just like having like one book with all the original artwork. Yeah, um, like an anthology. Yeah. Yeah, just, know, just for like, yeah, like my own like use. A lot of graphic novels will do that too, like where afterwards they'll go back and do concept art. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I love. I, I love know. Like that. Yeah. I know Witch Doctor, for example, uh, does that a lot. Where um, he actually had the art before he made the comic, because mm -hmm. the person he was working, he had an artist he wanted to work with, and so they got the concept art first, and then he's like, "All right, he does similar what you do." We have these artworks. I want to make a copy of them so we connect with them that way. So we kind of similar to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of concept art books in general. I, I have uh, I have a little bit too many. Um, I, I have more concept art books than I have actually read. So, <laughs> um, so let me ask you. Uh, these are a little bit shorter than maybe like a full, I don't know, graphic novel. I, do you have any? Um, future ambitions to make a, a longer work or are you kind of happy in the shorter form? Uh, I'll put it like this. Uh, everything that I've been doing uh, has been progressively getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the first crime killer story I did is sort of like, I mean, I did comics previous to that, but that's kind of like the, the first crime killer story I did is sort of like the first point I was like, hey, I made something that I'm kind of proud of that I can look to. Uh, and say, hey, this is cool, and then I'd share people. That comic is only 10 panels long. That's like uh, a page and a half. Uh, compare that to Lonely Earth, which is like four panels in each page, and is like around like 20 pages. I mean, I, you can see that like I'm, I'm getting more pages. So one of these days, I, I'd like to make something that is full graphic novel length. Um, but for right now, I'm comfortable with just doing short stories and just continuing to uh, expand them. And have, have you ever worked with a, a writer? You know what? I, not really. Uh, I always find that like collaboration projects don't end well. Ironically, <laughs> uh, Lonely Earth is a collaboration uh, between me and, and friends. I, I had people help me uh, edit it, uh, edit the writing, overlook the artwork, um, et cetera, oh, wow. et cetera. Nice. Um, shout, shout out to uh, Jurassic Jacek, who did a backup story in it. Uh, that guy's awesome. Um, oh yeah, down here. Yeah, these are these are amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that guy. That guy is so much better than me. You should you should have him <laughs> talk instead of me. <laughs> no, 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 not true. Oh no, it's it's okay. That guy, like I, I love his stuff. He's he's great. Um, what wonderful guy. Um, but uh, I, I yeah, uh, collaborations are always difficult. It's also hard because I have a a very oddly specific type of story I want to tell where people get like kicked and punched and pee on each other uh that's that's the ideal uh brian judge story <laughs> uh, getting like kicked in a, in a mcdonald's parking lot or something um that's 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 my story um and it's I hard see. to find people who like want to want to help tell that story 
Did you ever see um, Korgoth of Barbaria? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, a lot of your stuff, like, is specifically not this one, but the uh, kill, your other your crime killer one was very much reminiscent of that, where the guy literally just kills everything in, like, one shot. Everything's bloody and stuff like that, too. So yeah, that's where no, I got that. I, I love just good action and um, just, like, this this relentless sort of, like, feeling um, of, of, like, a world where there's nothing but like pain in a character who like doesn't care about anything uh and is just angry um so something about that uh, i i just i love i love this like this sort of well it's like this weird thing with like batman where like whenever people talk about batman they always talk about the good things that he does like oh he saves gotham he's this he's that i i kind of, I kind of hate batman personally i have like a lot of problems with batman first and foremost okay i just small rant DC and all their movies and all their uh, games, they and their comics, they can't get away from Batman. Okay, like it's the only thing that sells. Yeah. Okay, but, but this—it's so crazy. Think about it like this. All right, right now, even in like whatever DC movie they're making right now, almost every single one of them have Batman or Batman characters. You have like Batman v Superman. You have uh, Suicide Squad, which has Batman. You have Joker. You have like a Harley Quinn movie. But, like, the second you get outside of that, everything fails. Everything uh, fails. And it's like, oh, yeah, because everyone's obsessed <laughs> with that. For one, love Green Lantern, but I'm the only one out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like Green Lantern. Yeah, we and all like Green Lantern. Yeah. But, it, but it's, like, it's, it's like the problem of, like, Marvel, uh, before Avengers, Marvel was most famous for, like, Spider-Man. Um, but they had to put a lot of time into, like, building new IPs. Like, no one really cared about Iron Man before the movie. I don't think that DC has realized yet that no one's going to care about the Flash until, or no, Flash isn't a good example since people like this W show. And Wonder Woman had a very successful movie too. Yeah, but uh, but like even with that, like Batman, Batman. is still, yeah, like it's it's He's this weird in the thing. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman yeah. is in. Why is Batman in Wonder Woman? Like, why? Well, does, I, why I does think they're to... they're trying to connect them too fast. You know, yeah. they didn't have that discovery period where yeah. Samuel L. Jackson shows up and says, "You're in the rest of the movies now." Well, it's interesting because even Man of Steel is inspired by Batman because it was written uh, by, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was it was written by Nolan, um, and it's like heavily inspired by by the Dark Knight aesthetic mm-hmm. uh, and the themes of that. It's like it's like even from the very beginning, like Batman had had his bat palms all over everything. Right. Uh, it's like again, this is this is like a per- like Batman's cool and all. My problem is they just he has way too much way too much exposure. Uh, man, how are we even going to talking about this? Uh, uh, you you made a comic kind of making fun of batman so. yeah yeah well because also <laughs> thing too though is like batman like he's like i could seriously see batman if he was a little bit like less serious and going like oh my god joe's getting away he's like i have a feeling i'll see him every single week yeah yeah and, i mean it's and- like <laughs> i mean they're, they're the jokes we all like know about are like how yeah batman how come you don't kill people oh because killing one more uh person uh means there's still the same amount of killers in the world it's like yeah but like the joker like kills 15 people a week like he's a he there's no like i, I don't know um i mean he's very um, he's just ocd about it right yeah like, yeah at this point it's just a mental issue, health issue. <laughs> Completely, and that's like the best. The best Batman uh, comics, if you ask me, are, are the ones that embrace the fact he's a he's a crazy person. I mean, if you look yeah. at it's it's the thing with like Dark Knight uh, Returns, fantastic book, like one of one of the best comics probably ever made. I I don't like it, it's in it's in top hundred. But like that book is all about how Batman has gone completely delusional and is an old man and like slowly dying and how he like is scared about the world around him uh changing like he's just a ranting raving lunatic for a lot of it yeah he he, uh i i read that book a lot actually i like that book great book fantastic book yeah i i like the panel work in that oh yeah yeah that's when that's when miller is like at, at his at his best uh pete holmes probably made my favorite parody about uh batman where um uh, he does one where, like, with Pat Oswald, where he's a Joker, and like he doesn't realize he's just killing everybody. Because like you think about it, Batman like breaks a guy's arm, breaks a guy's collarbone, and he's like, "You'll live, so you're good." But realistically, <laughs> he just like paralyzed 18 guys for life for like trying to rob a candy store. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, 
so yeah, no, I understand you're frustrated with Batman. He's like, I won't kill you. I'll just maim you and wish you were dead. Well, and then he like, goes back to the Batcave and flips the lights three times. <laughs> and I guess that's where, that's where Crime Killer comes in. Crime Killer is the character who embraces the fact that he's, you know, paralyzing those guys. Uh, you know, he's he's like, he he's, he's Batman where Batman actually gets to be sort of who he always was, I guess. Yeah, with the, without the subtext. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, whereas, like, the tick, uh, it kind of like represents of the tick, too, where, like, he took a, you took a step back, you're like, let's take a step back at these guys and look at them. The tick kind of went comical, more farcical, whereas, like, his costume is literally, like, he saw the tick costume, but put on glasses, and uh-huh. this is a normal human being. This one's like, well, what happens they're just like, you're a crime, I'm just gonna fucking deal with this, he just kills the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, it's been great having you on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been great talking to you guys. Uh, anything planned for the future, Brian? Uh, like that, like besides, you know, like any shameless plugs you want to give us? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have, I guess, two shameless plugs. First of all, is um, if you liked anything that you've been hearing, uh, check out both my Instagram, one and only comics with underscores instead of spaces, uh, and also I have a an online shop which is oneandonlycomics.bigcartel.com and the other shameless plug is that right now I'm doing a comic about Pokemon because I have given up with this world and I just want to be popular like all the cool kids <laughs> and all the cool kids talk about Pokemon so I guess that's what I'm making comics about are they so murdering we... each other? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I have a, I have a weird uh, oppressive dark cynical look at the future with Pokemon uh, it's called oh, Capsule boy. Creatures I'm just glad Pokeballs never worked with human beings you know how many kidnappings there would be? Yeah. <laughs> What's it called again? Uh, it's called Capsule Creatures. Okay. And that, so. that's on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Well, it was, uh, it was nice talking to you guys. Yeah, nice you too. Thanks, you. thanks for coming on. We had a great time. I think I learned something. Did you, Eric? I learned several things. All right. Well, hey, you know, we're of, all learning. My hatred of Batman is now one of them. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, and thanks again. Have a good one. All right. You too. Okay, so Eric, how is your script going for The Dealmaker? Good news! I'm ahead of schedule from 2024 till I finish it this week. You finished it already? I finished it already. Is the by definition, the very bare bones and needs to get re-edited. Like, it's not something I'm comfortable turning in. But all my ideas are on the paper. I guess I have to go through and add more stuff to it. Well, how do you feel? Do you feel accomplished? Like you've made it through something difficult? Oh, extremely so. Do you think the easy part is behind you or the hard part? I think the easy part's behind me. Oh, okay. Well. Because the hard part's going to be going through and making it decent. Because right now it's um, that naughty word. Uh. <laughs> it's shit. Yeah. 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 And so once I do that, it should be good. Okay. Well, that's great. That's great. So your next step is editing. Yep. I have Are to you edit. Gonna start looking for artists as well. I I can start doing that too. I'm not gonna kill myself with that just yet because I want to make sure like that I can get artists that are comfortable with my work. Not that I have to find artists that can work with me. Right, so you you need to have a finished script for them to read that you're comfortable with showing people. That makes sense. So you're back to editing this week, and next week maybe you'll have something that's ready. Yep. Okay. Yeah, hopefully, not gonna wait. All right. I mean, I I still till 2028 to finish it, so it's not like I'm in a rush. Okay. All right. Well, I have updates. Mm-hmm. What? I said mm-hmm. I was agreeing. You do have updates. I thought you were going to ask me. I'm going to ask you now. Hey, <laughs> what are your updates? What is your updates, Keegan? All right, let's let's start that over and do a. No, no, no. Let's keep it as is. Keep it as is. It's perfect. <laughs> it's not perfect. It was terrible. Gee Wilkers, Keegan, do you got some updates for me? Oh my God. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Hey, Keegan, I, he- I heard something on the grapevine. You want to know what, what it is? What? 
you got updates for me on your colorings. I'm hurt on the inside. I'm hurt right now. <laughs> this is so terrible. No, this is brilliant. Let them hear my work. Okay. Uh, so I am working on a comic called Death Maze, and issue number one is 90% finished. I'm actually planning on releasing it next Friday, uh, which will be the Friday that you probably hear this episode. Um, so today, you'll hear it today. Today. It should be out yeah. today when yeah, you're yeah. listening to this. Yeah. Or, or in the future, it's already out. So we're going to pause for a second so you can go buy, download, read it, and then we'll continue on. But they, we didn't tell them where to find it. Oh, where do we find it? It's going to be on our Patreon. I'm publishing oh. these to our Patreon. Uh, it's a dollar to sign up to be a patron. All you do is you sign up for, to be a patron. You only pay for the comics that we finish. So if you sign up for a dollar, you'll, you'll pay a dollar for every comic that we finish. All the other updates and content that we put up there, like rough sketches, scripts, character designs, uh, interactions with uh, artists that we've hired and stuff like that that's not ending up on our website yet. Um, oh, also videos of this podcast you can find on our Patreon. If you're a patron, you get to see that stuff and you only pay for the comics that we produce. Does that sound fair, Eric? That sounds very fair. Was that, is that something I might be able to interest you in? Oh, ho, ho, a Martin Landau quote. I'm impressed. Martin Landau was your uncle. Yes. And he was amazing on Entourage, I have to say. Yeah. He was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's the deal. So right now you can go on our Patreon, which is Patreon slash Dumb Comic Creators and read this comic. It's Death Maze number one. But for this uh, episode, we're talking about the coloring. So I went out and I hired three colorists to do issue one. And I thought you and I, Eric, could look, look at these and maybe pick one. All right, let's say? go. Let's go for it. Okay. So this is number one. So if you're listening along and you want to see these images, again, the Patreon will have these pictures, all, all of them, all the different versions of this comic will be on our Patreon. So if you're listening along and you want to follow along, uh, you can watch a video of us discuss this and you can look at the images if you're out and about. So, uh, so this is colorist number one. You can see it's a kind of a cartoony style. What yeah, it's, it's reminiscent of the 90s X-Men comics, okay. cartoon style, where that like, the colors aren't like bold or crazy, so they're kind of straightforward. Uh, they're solid, they're not dull, they're grayed. It's very it's, saturated. Yeah. Like every single part is filled with color, even like the black part is color. Yeah. So, um, and this is page two. And I can zoom in a little. Yeah, too. I'm just looking. I'm looking at it. Just all the it's done well in that the characters are supposed to be at the forefront are done, are at the front. The characters in the background are done well. Also, the shading's done very very well too with the color scheme. Like so, like there's a yellow to black and it fades well one into the other. Yeah, it does. It's a it's a nice gradient. Um, yeah. And. I, what I like here is that you can really tell what's going on in this comic. Um, and in, you'll see in the other ones, you can't, some of the realistic color makes it harder to kind of for your eye to follow. Um, mm -hmm. But, e and even though this one doesn't have the most realistic colors and it's a little bit sad, it's like fully saturated and not very artsy. Um, I think that it, it does a good job of telling the story which I like. It, like, so this one actually uh, is reminiscent of, um, what's that Pixar film about the superheroes? Like the family, like they all have superhero powers? Oh, The Incredibles. Yeah, it's reminiscent of The Incredibles to me. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, because everything is very saturated. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's artist number one. What, out of 10, what do you give that right now? I give it a solid eight, um, probably maybe an 
Eight point um, five. Wow. Not so. Yeah, not something that blows myself out of the water, but something that like I would be comfortable and happy to read with. Here is artist number two. This one's more reminiscent of the Dark Knight. It's all the colors tend to kind of scheme more similar to each other. Honestly, I'm not as big fan of it. It's kind of it's less sunny. I don't know if it's reminiscent of the story tone better. You would know that better than me. Uh, but like, everything seems to be more gray, dark, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I would say it's washed out a bit. Um, it's not saturated. There's only one or two spots uh, where you can see, like, full color. Um, and the rest of it is kind of grayed, grayed out colors. Um, another thing I don't like, this is the version one of this, but he, he didn't do the, the orange slime, which is in the script, mm -hmm. um, which this artist did very well, you know, only because it's so saturated. Uh, but like, there's supposed to be orange slime that makes this hero turn like really miniature, and then he basically gets eaten by a snake. Yeah, I would not realize that slime. Look at this. It looks like, like you know, like garbage mud. Yeah, it's just water. Like it's just normal water. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah so. Also, uh, like, just the character, like, the previous uh, saturated, this one is much more like, the characters seem to be all wearing the same outfit. It's not. Yeah, that's something I definitely distinct. don't like, too. I, I, I'm not a fan of, I mean, this is kind of interesting with the light from the trees and the leaves kind of like getting through yeah that part actually looks really like, kind of cool as a standalone the top center panel is fantastic looking like it would be like something you put like as a cover of the comic yeah yeah but true. the rest just doesn't hold up actually that could be a good cover for the comic um i'll keep that in mind uh but yeah so the differences here i think um also, the storytelling isn't as solid with the water here, and like, it's just kind of a gradient. The only problem, like, I find with this one, because I, I thought that was fire. If you not this one, but the previous one, the slime thing. Okay. Oh, orange. fire! Yeah. I thought that was fire. Actually, I didn't realize that was slime. Oh, it's almost too much slime. All right, so let's re-rate these now. Uh, what do you give the first one out of ten, comparing it to the second one? So I still think the first one's better. But okay. I, I'm going to lower the score from 8.5 to 8. Okay. Um, I don't like it because I thought that was fire. The guy was like, getting hit with fire. And I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, okay. And But now that like, slime, that doesn't look like slime to me. That looks like fire. Right. Oh, okay. All right. So, and then the second one out of 10? 7.25. 7. 7. Yeah, I saw it. It's up to 7.5. 7 to that top center panel and okay. five to everything else yeah and even though i i kind of like these reds and blues and like kind of the tone of these panels it really clashes with this yellow and like the rest of this comic mm -hmm. um has like almost no color which is sort of annoying and they're basically wearing the same shade outfits uh which uh again kind of comes to me trusting the artist to kind of use their in intuition, you know? And maybe I could have been more specific in the script about that, but kind of the concept behind these Death Maze comics is to let the artists kind of use their imagination and actually truly collaborate. So, uh, so I kind of left it up to them just to see what it's like to work with somebody who's kind of acting on their own and see what they do, you know? which is why this is kind of a fun exercise, just looking at three different people's work. Okay, so artist number three is here. And he looks like a leprechaun, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but get past, get past like where you've seen this before and go back to that place where you hadn't seen this. Um, I think I, one thing I like about this is the sewer water is brown. The now. sewer water looks like sewer water, actually. Yeah. So that that yeah. works well. Um, and here's page two. And the slime doesn't looks like slime, which that's which is really good. Yeah. Um, only problem is if we go back to the previous one. 
uh, everything since there's all like shaded green, like they're just different shades of green. So everything tends to blend together. It's the only problem I just like. Yeah, it's a very green page. I'll yeah, it's that. it's very and like everything is earth tones, which is kind of cool. Like the green's earth tone, the water, which is blue, is earth tone. The mud is brown earth tone. Right. Which is kind of nice. Um, and then the slime, I think it's done. I think this guy nails the slime the best of everyone. The slime, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the slime it looks really good. It's glowing. Yeah, um, and like it looks, and it's. That's something I would mistake as the same thing for the mud. And specifically the part where he starts shrinking down. Yeah. The that panel, you can tell where the mud begins or the, or the mud ends the slime begins, which is really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that that is nice. So uh out of ten, how about this one? I would go this one actually like this so this one, the one with the slime, I would give an eight point five. The previous page I would give a six point five. A six point. This one a six point five. No, that so this part six point five right here. Oh, okay. Because next, everything is green. Everything's green. Everything looks so like just nothing stands out. Like okay. And then and then but the second page you like. I have the second page I really really liked. I thought it was really done well. I thought the characters on top looked distinct and like separate from everything else. They're the also following the script better because one one of the characters is a black man. Mm -hmm. And the other one is Hispanic, and 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 you'll notice in these other two versions. I would not have known that they were Hispanic and black. One yeah. guy's either they're <laughs> one guy's like either both black or both white. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's one thing this artist did really well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you like page two, uh, let's talk about and and. So out of 10, like which of these three artists would you choose? If I had to choose like just the one, I would probably still go with the first one, just oh, because okay. it's next one that just, for lack of a better word, is most comic booky. Yeah. And then if like I were to go with a second choice, it would be the third artist. And I think uh, I would skip. And if, they, if you went with the third artist, but the, the suit color was changed, it was a little less green on this page. Uh, I would that, go with I would go with the third one. That would put you over. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so that's something to note is uh, have your friends look at it. Have your you know friends and colleagues take a look at the color uh, and go back to the artist and change you know what needs to be changed. It's not going to be a big hard deal to change the color of the super suit in this comic. So I'll probably do that and and then this will be the first the top choice. Yeah, because I think he does the best with everything. It's actually she. This is Cassie. Oh. Cassandra Grab. Um, I'll tell her I really liked her art sans suits. I will, yeah. So uh, see the full comic on our Patreon, Death mm -hmm. Maze number For one. For how much again? A dollar if you want to be dollar. generous. If you want to be generous, and I know some people don't, it's it's a tough time right now. So no need to be generous. But if you wanted to be generous, three dollars. Whoa. And then if you wanted to give from the bottom of your heart, eight dollars. Whoa. For a comic. I it's only two pages. So a dollar seems reasonable. A dollar seems like a great, great deal. But eight dollars. That's, like that's helping meal. me. That's yeah. That's a value meal. Hey. That's yeah. That's feeding me. <laughs> so Eric, did you uh, read anything? I read Wish Doctor. Ooh. By who? By Brandon Seifert and Lucas Kettner. It was the illustrator. Okay. What's it about? It is um kind of a throwback to like old school horror like thing like 70 80 like the 80s and stuff like that where they would do stuff like that um it was the one uh, if you remember when we were talking about with brian earlier i mentioned it quickly it's one where the artist actually like he kind of had like a general concept of what he wanted to do uh but he didn't sure where he was gonna go and so he was waiting for the artist he was working with they were both baristas at starbucks 
and that's how they met. Oh, cool. And he won, like, he was saying, like, hey, I need something that's kind of more reminiscent of old school, like, you know, comics or whatever, or, like, old school, like, monsters. And he asked him to draw, like, a werewolf, like, a vampire, like, put, like, a new, like, version of that. Yeah. And so he did a vampire that is based on a lamp ring. Based so on a lamp ring? A lamp ring. You know, like, those, like, weird, like, worm creatures? Yeah. So that's actually a vampire right there that you're looking at in this artwork here. Oh, cool. Um, so like it's like so like the vampire is like it was a parasite was the point. Yeah. And so like it lived within the creature. So once he had that, he decided to do that too. So it follows uh the top doctor on those creatures, and he is such a good job that he's allowed to wield um Excalibur, you know, the sword from King Arthur. Which is the only known thing that actually hurts uh, vampires. Cool. So, what what about the art? Oh, uh, the art is fantastic. Like, it's why I actually picked it up originally was it's all dull grays, like you know, kind of classic horror stuff. But it's extremely detailed to the point that even the backgrounds have like a lot of times they have like clear artwork. So, like this one, for example, like there's the paperwork strewn everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah. and stuff like that too um storyline wise it's very much episodic for a while where like it's going from one person to another uh it wasn't until the second volume that they actually like start like having an overarching story but they okay. never they never produce a third volume so i don't know how it went so, so there's only two volumes yep okay um but the uh so the back to the art so it's a very detailed style is it realistic looking no, it's not. It's okay. kind of like Cthulhu-based artwork, stuff like that. Okay. It's, it's purposely designed not to be that. It's kind of, again, a throwback to, like, the classic 80s style. Um, yeah. If you saw the original Hellraiser, it's reminiscent of when his, the main character's brother comes back to life. Okay. What about colors? Who did the colors? Um, I believe it was also done by Lucas Gettner. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. what do they look like? They're all like versions of red, not like a huge, huge fan of colors. They're all like just like everything pretty much is red or like slight greens or whatever. Oh. Everything has a red tint. Oh, okay. How does that impact the story? Um, it makes it kind of gives it a good flavor um, because everything's about blood. You know, they're doing a lot of stuff with vampires and demons and stuff, which okay. that too, which is why like purposely they went with red. So it fits that stylistic, uh -huh. yeah, okay. And because he's a doctor, he always wears white, so it kind of stands out against it, which is really cool. Because usually, like, um, for example, Brian's artwork uh, for the last Earth, what was it? Brian Judge. Brian Judge. Lonely Earth, yeah. Lonely Earth. The main character was yellow, and everything else is white. In this case, everything else is red, but the main character is white. So it's kind of the inverse of that. Oh, I see, yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so the je ne sais quoi? Uh, it's pretty much all je ne sais quoi. Uh, that's French, <laughs> by the way. Um, we're like, cause it's, again, it's very episodic. Why, why, hold on, why do you always say that's French, by the way? Because <laughs> it is. I'm not lying. It's, hey, hey, viewers out there, listeners out there, tell me if I'm wrong. Je ne sais quoi? Is it not French? I think everyone knows it's French. Oh, okay. You always say it, that's French, by the way. That's <laughs> by the way, it's French. I'm yeah, okay. It is French. Okay, so fine. just let it let it be French. Continue. I'll, okay. So what about what about the je ne sais quoi? That's French. Oh, by God. the way. All right. There's no winning with you. It's French. It is so what? Uh so it's all about the je ne sais quoi about this. Because again, I liked it more than I probably should have um, because, again, like just because like there's just a lot of just kind of like great atmosphere going on. Um, Storyline, not so much, but. <laughs> okay, it's like, so, so it's fun. It's like a fun book. It's not. Yeah. It's not gonna make you think or. I'm not gonna do it too. Like, so here's probably like this part, like where like he deals with an alien, uh, alien parrot, like a demon parasite. I guess. Of a baby and he's yeah. literally shaking a baby and, and doing the song 
hey yeah from it like you know oh uh, okay he, like shake it like a four-way picture oh, he does that he grabs a baby and does that who's that outcast yeah yeah i'm here 3000 is big boy outcast okay okay uh cool so but you liked it i liked it so on a scale between um earthworms that have crawled onto your driveway and are now crusty little uh like they look like onion rings yeah they flatten out and they dry it out it's disgusting yeah and um and a basketball perfectly swooshing through a net what do you give this comic i give this Sha shaquille o'neal free throws <laughs> above 50 percent and if he had decided to throw an underhand or do something different he could have done better classic shack or or like a, a Lakers shack. Let's go classic shack. Like let's go. Oh, it's not very good then. I thought classic shack was when he was good. I thought he was pretty bad at free throws at the time. Oh, he was always bad at free throws. Like he oh. averaged like fifty five percent. Pretty sure he got better in the Lakers, didn't he? I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Phil Jackson. Doesn't mean I don't know how much Phil Jackson teaches free throws. <laughs> well, I'm, I think he would have drilled him in. Yeah. But no, Phil Jackson. Anyways, so let's fine. We'll go with Lakers. Uh, so it's it's, mis it's missing something. If, it's if missing something. <laughs> okay. But it's above average. I give it. I give it above fifty percent because Jack was above fifty percent the three throw line, but he okay. wasn't that much above fifty percent. Yeah, not really. No. Yeah. He wasn't right. Dennis Rodman bad at three throws at least. Oh, that's good. So I brought a comic too. It's a deadly class. By, uh, yeah. Have you read this one? I have read that one. I actually also saw that TV show. It's uh, Rick Remender, uh, Wes Craig, and Lee Lorridge. Mm -hmm. So um, Wes Craig is the artist. Oh, they're both artists. Writer, artist. Oh, Wes Craig is the artist. Uh, Lee Lorridge is the colorist. Um, so this comic is about uh, like an orphan and he uh, joins an assassin school and then they take a road trip. So, and it's highly stylized. Um, I think I'm ready to get into the story. It's, I really liked it. It's also um, a TV show for one season, which I thought was really well, a good TV show as well. Yeah, the, the cover that I have for this book is the TV show. Mm -hmm. um, but I, let, me, let me talk about the story. So the story was confusing to begin with and follows an internal monologue for this main character uh, that doesn't make much sense. And then once, they, once he gets recruited into the Assassin Academy, for what seems like no reason at all, uh, he is uh he acts like he's been in school before um and then he they decide to take a road trip after he gets in trouble um so so that's kind of the story so not much of a story i didn't think so like any story that takes place with a road trip is going to be a bad story to me um i don't so know what's your view on the movie road trip Horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> a road trip is a time in your life when nothing else is happening and you could go on a road trip. Uh, don't make your stories about road trips. Um, honestly, the characters were very stereotypical. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think that the style of the book was really strong. Um, so the story kind of fits the style in that there's not much substance, but it's cool. Everything sounds cool in this book. Uh, whether or not it is, is another like thing. Um, okay, but going on to the art, the art is minimalistic, I think, um, and realistic a bit with, with some exaggeration, but not too much. Um, I also, I liked how diverse the cast is of the comic book, um, which you don't see a lot of diversity in comic books. So this this had like a nice, well 
diversified cast of characters. And that was a refreshing part of the book. Um, All right, I'm gonna throw a French term at you. Uh, uh, not quite there. Not quite there? Gotta go for the colors first. Okay, go for the colors first? Yeah, flipping through the book uh, with the colors, you'll notice that each section sort of has its own color scheme. And um, what what's really interesting about the colors is it none of the pages are really done realistically. Uh, you'll notice that like very few pages have colors on every single surface. Here's an example page where it's been done in complete yellow, basically. Yeah. In shades of yellow. Um, and then on the page next to it, it's been done in blue, in shades of blue. And there's like one or two other colors, but they're not taking away from that blue tint. And this is like an old school film trick back before film had color. Uh, they, they would put color slides on the film to give it like a, a tone. Um, old German films used to do this. It looks, it reminds me of the movie Samurai Fiction where um, uh, it was in black and white, but whenever like, they wanted to show like something like big or deal, it would splash colors like red or black or, not, or red or like blue. Yeah, so so the colors are really really interesting in this book because they they set a they show an emotional tone I think, mm -hmm. and they're part of the reason that this book is cool to look at you know, um, because it's so stylized because of the color I think. All right, so and then the lettering is not too, I mean it fits perfectly with the art style. It's kind of small, but it. It's readable, and the the sound effects are fun to look at. You know, they they fit into the scenes, but they they can get louder. Can you, can you make sure. some of the sound effects? Ha ha ha! Ah, <laughs> uh, you jerk. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Um. Okay. I'm ready for the French term. Okay. There's a French term I'm gonna throw at you. It's called the je ne sais quoi. Uh, oh, that's French. Thanks, Reg. Yeah, good job. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I, I think what what sets this apart is the to me what made me keep reading this was the the art style mm -hmm. and the stylized colors, um, because I wasn't very invested in the story because it was a lot of violence and uh, a road trip. Yeah, and a road trip. Uh, but what was cool was like how detailed and like kind of fun the art is in this book and um and that i liked and i, I really liked the color scheme too so i i kept reading it for that okay uh so on a scale between a road trip across the united states and then up to canada down to mexico to um bill jackson being your godfather how would you rank this <laughs> Which one's the bad one? <laughs> I don't know. The, bad? I the guess road, a road trip. A road trip's pretty long and, and miserable. You just say you hate road trips, so. I hate road trip movies and stories. Okay, fine. Being forced to watch the movie Road Trip on loop for 36 hours straight versus. Or Phil Jackson's or, My or, Godfather. Or Phil Jackson's your God is, is your Tooth Fairy and Godfather. Oh, and Tooth. Well, I don't know if I want Phil Jackson creeping into my room if I lose a tooth. Okay, fine. Phil Jackson will write you very strongly nice letters whenever you want about whatever you want. Okay, yeah, he's a great motivator. So yeah. I have to go. Uh, so that is the prize. That is a top. That is a top prize right there. Yeah. Um, I I would have to say that this book is basically like taking a bus trip downtown. Um, to go get ice cream when there's an ice cream shop right down your street. So not so like it's something <laughs> you can do just not really worth it. Yeah and also it's uh, I mean you'd have to have the motivation so I'm trying to slip yeah. that in still a little bit. The uh, motivation? From Phil Jackson. Yeah Phil Jackson's great motivating people. Yeah I mean, you'd also see some sights if you went downtown. So sure. I, 
I guess I'm with you. It's you know, it was like fifty percent for me. It's it's an interesting concept. I, I thought it was a little. It wasn't like that great. So. Yeah. So if you want some great artwork, read uh, Deadly Class or Witch Doctor. Yeah. Um, you want some great stories? Go elsewhere. Right. Exactly. Or you know, it might pick up in later volumes. This is just volume one, and I know yeah. they kept going. So. Witch Doctor again picks up a volume two. Problem being, they dropped the ball literally by stopping writing. <laughs> well, they ran out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, they should have spent more time in French class. I guess so, because we know French. We you know, know uh, we know a, fra a phrase in French. Yes, we do. They should say quoi? That's French, right there. That, yeah, it's French, right there. All right, Eric. Well, this has been a good podcast. Podcast right. number six. Podcast number six in the bag. Just, just a reminder to everybody, uh, support us on Patreon. We uh, are at patreon.com slash creators. Uh, also, thank you again to Brian Judge for being our guest and showing us some great comics. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Also, uh, we do need a catchphrase, though. Yeah. I, I sent you an email about this. I told and I told you. you I was working the the PowerPoint, so we're moving slides. Okay, so maybe next week we'll have then, a, we'll find one. Yeah, we'll find one. It'll come to us. Yeah. Or you can present your PowerPoint next episode. Yeah, I don't have a screen to show it on though, so it's probably. Okay. Well, next episode we're gonna have uh, colorist and comic book artist Cassandra Grab on to talk about. Uh, her journey starting into comic books. Um, she's crossing over from being a professional illustrator, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about your script again. Yep. And we're going to talk about the release of Death Maze number one, which will be on Patreon today when you're listening to this right now. Just yep. go on our Patreon and buy a comic and support local artists and, and whatnot. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Dumb Comic Creators. Uh, so, and Facebook, Dumb Comic Creators. And our website, dumbcomiccreators.com. Email us, dumbcomiccreators at gmail.com. I think that's as many times as I'm going to say Dumb Comic Creators on this episode. What's the name of our show again? Dang it. <laughs> All right, Eric Schwartz of Dumb comic <laughs> creators you jerk uh is joined and by keegan shiner of oh man dumb comic creators you got me to say it again yeah i'm so powerful all right see you later man see ya <laughs>